So John in chapter 19, verses 28 to 30, says this. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty. Uh, he got some wine vinegar, the got sponge. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So the question that immediately comes to mind is, well, what's finished? What did he mean when he said it's finished? What has actually happened when he said that? And, I, and of course, actually, lots of things happened. I, I, some, I read somewhere that there's like 30 or 40 different things actually happened at that point. But I want to focus on, on one thing. I want to go back to Acts in chapter 10 and verse 38 to see what Jesus did when he was alive. And then we're going to go back a little bit and then we're going to go forward, okay? So Acts 10, 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and he went around doing what? What does it say up there? He went around doing? Good. I didn't ask you a lot. Be quiet. <laughs> go on, Dan. Good. good. He did. He went around doing good because that's the only thing Jesus knows to do. It's the only thing Jesus knows to do. He's good. So he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. First of all, this is a brilliant verse to use with people to explain about Jesus because it involves God, it involves Jesus, it involves the Holy Spirit and it tells you that he did good and healed everybody who was under the power of the devil. Now in a different version it says people who were oppressed by the devil. But the key thing is the Father's heart is always to do good. Anything good comes from Jesus. And anything bad does not come from Jesus. It's really that simple. If it's good, it flows from Jesus. If it's bad, it doesn't. It's that simple, really. But we could say that anybody who's suffering under, under maybe the weight of things that are not good is, is oppressed. The New King James talks about people healing all who were oppressed. And to be oppressed means to feel weighted down, to feel burdened, to feel heavy. But the heart of the Father and the life of Jesus revolved around lifting oppression and injustice. Whether that oppression was... Physical health, mental health, whether it was hunger, whether it was poverty, whether it was um, fractured relationships, internal pain, whatever it was, Jesus, wherever he went, he did good. So if people were worried or if people were scared or if people were, didn't like to do a certain thing, Jesus went around and he made it good and he made them better and he took away fear and he took away pain and he took away those things that we worry about and he took it away because that's what Jesus did and it's what he does. And of course, oppression is not good. Acts 7.17 tells us about the Israelites a long time ago. And it's, it's a man telling a story about what happened a long time ago. And it says that the people in, in Egypt had increased greatly. Then a new king came and he dealt treacherously and oppressed our ancestors by forcing them to throw out their newborn babies. So this man came along and he brought oppression, he brought weights, he brought burdens. And that caused people to give up their babies. Well, of course, the babies, that's precious, isn't it? Your children are precious. And there's, there's maybe nothing more precious than your children, whether they're natural children or spiritual children or whatever. There's, there's nothing more precious than kids. And of course, kids are the future. This was the whole future they were giving up. They were giving away everything that was good, causing this oppression, these weights, these burdens. It caused them to give away their future and their dreams and every good thing. But God... Did not want that to happen because Acts 7 and verse 34 says this. I've seen the oppression of my people. I've heard their groaning and come down to set them free. You need to go get ready. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that relieving oppression. No, it's not you. You can get ready in a minute. There's no doubt 
that relieving oppression is in the heart of God. If you were weighted down, if you were burdened, if you were feeling the weight of anything, the heart of God is to take that oppression and lift it. That's his heart. So if you are worried about anything, if you are scared about anything, if you don't fancy going to school because there's somebody there that's been mean to you, God wants to deal with that. God wants to help you in it. He wants to lift the weight of it. If you're not sleeping very well, are you scared of something in your bedroom? God wants to take that and heal you of it. That's the heart of God. That's what he wants to do. Good. All the time. Lift it. Take it. If you're scared of something as you go to sleep, he wants to lift it. He wants to take it. I'm not just talking to them. Now, before we explain, explore what we mean by it is finished, I need to explain something about the world we live in. Because it says, under the power of the devil. I believe that there's a world that you can't see. It's where Jesus lives. It's where angels live. It's where heaven is. So anybody who's, who's died and gone to be with Jesus, they're in this place that we can't see called heaven. But there's also people and places in that realm that are not like Jesus and they don't do good. And the Bible uses a word called devil to describe those things that don't do good things. But really, I don't really want to think of it. Some people, when we talk about the devil, they think he's some red-caped man with horns or whatever. But really, really the truth is, as I'm going to show you, the truth is that all the enemy has is a voice. All he has is a voice. And he speaks. And he speaks lies. Because he can't do anything else. You just cannot do anything else. So when I think about those things that are not good in this realm that we can't see, I want to tell you, they hold absolutely no fear for me. They used to. I am not remotely concerned or scared about what I see in that realm because I know what I'm going to teach you. Like, I just know it now, without a shadow of a doubt. And it means that when you come across things that are dark, you just know that you've won. So it's not an issue, you're not scared and you're not fighting because you just know that you've won. So this is what happened when Jesus died. Can we put Colossians 2 up? So it says this, that in Christ you've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So what is he? He's the... He's the... Is he the foot? Is he the hand? Is he the bottom? What is he? He's the... Okay. Still okay. There we go, he's the head. And where's the head? Is it the top or the bottom? Top. top. So Jesus is where then? At the top. That's right, Jesus is at the top. He's not at the bottom, he's not in the middle, he's at the top. Because Jesus is head over every power and authority. And you go, no, 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 he really is head over every power and authority. He really is up there, lifted up. And there is nothing and no one that can actually be higher than he is. Okay, we're starting to get there. He made you alive with Christ, forgave you all your sins, having cancelled the charge of legal indebtedness which stood against us. He's taken it away, nailed to the cross. But this is the most important bit. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. He disarmed them. And that's why, you realise why Good Friday is called Good Friday, don't you? Because it's a bit weird. Good Friday is when he dies. But Good Friday is good because he defeated all the darkness. And he did it by giving up his life, which is how you defeat the darkness. You realise it's just the same. He gave it all up, and it's the same for you. 
And the Bible tells that when he died, he visited every dark place and declared what he'd just done. He told every dark and negative thing what he'd just done, that he provided the solution that would be available for everybody. But it wouldn't be dependent on Jesus walking by. It would be available for every single person who ever wanted it. He declared that oppression in the form of physical health was over. He declared that oppression over mental health was over. He declared that oppression over health and poverty was over, over internal pain was over, over fractured relationships. He declared it was all over. As far as Jesus is concerned, there is no oppression on the face of the earth. There isn't. Oppression was finished. And I want to show some props. Isaac, are you ready? No, it's Matt. Sorry, it's not Matt. Matt, are you ready? Okay, come on then. Come on out. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is the Matt with a vicious attack dog. Look, he wants to attack me. Oh, he's attacking me. Oh, no. Okay. He's tooled up. He's got all these weapons. Okay. This. All right, now you can come up here now. Just as you are. You see, this is how too many of us see these things, okay? So this is you, Christian you, with Jesus on the inside of you, okay? And now I want you to think, not, not about that, I want you to think about your worries. I want to think about your anxieties. Look, he's a vicious attack dog. I want to, I want to think about your worries. I want to think about your anxieties. I want you to think about those mindsets that steal from you, that you know you're trying to deal with you. I want to think about those things, those relationships that are really difficult. I want to think about it. Most of us see them like this. They've got weapons, they've got guns, they've got attack dogs. They look mean, if you can look mean. Look mean, they're mean. <laughs> and we go... This one a happy mean. <laughs> that's not mean, that's like giggly mean. All right, just imagine. He's, imagine he's mean, okay. But most of us, we see these things that come against us. We see these thoughts. We see our worries. Those things we're worried about at school are with our friends. Sometimes we think they're really big and we think they're all tooled up with these guns and weapons and vicious attack dogs, okay? And then there's just little us and we ain't got anything to fight with. We ain't got anything to fight with. No weapons, no shields, no nothing. No nothing at all. Okay, you can go now. <laughs> but listen, what does it say in Colossians 2 and verse 15? He says he did what? He disarmed, didn't he? He disarmed. All right, I need somebody to help me. Samuel, can you take the vicious attack dog back to his kennel? All right, so there we go. He's a vicious attack dog. All right, can somebody else come and get some weapons off him? Come on. Yeah, come on, come on. Come on. Come on, disarm him. That's it. Take the big gun off him. That's it. Take it off him. There, go put it in that room there now. That's it. That's it. Somebody, that's it. You get that one. All right, I need somebody to get this one. Come on, sweetheart. That's it. Come on, disarm him. That's it. Alyssa, come and get his backpack off him. Go put them in there. Take his backpack off him. That's it. Excellent. Excellent. There we go. That's it. Bob them down and then come back. You didn't remove these guns. <laughs> I would if I could see some. You set me up for that, mate. Can you come stand over here now? Oh, actually. Uh, Nath, can you just go help him? He might need some help. That's it. Okay. So, and this is the problem we have, okay? We see those things, those thoughts, those worries, those anxieties, those mindsets, those battles. We think that this big, 
big tooled up thing that's got all these weapons that's out to kill us and destroy us. It's just a lie. He's been disarmed. He's little. I mean, literally, it's little. That's why I wanted Matt to do it. That's why I've got Nigel. I wanted to show you the difference in size. Okay, if I kneel down, just be really little. There we go. Yeah, but I, I need you, you need to understand, when Jesus said it was finished, he disarmed all powers and authorities. He took away, stripped him of everything. Every power that he had, he took it all away and took it all off him. But when you see it as though he's tooled up with all these guns, and oh, well, you're going to lose, aren't you? When you see yourself as just this little Christian with nothing, but actually, the, the, this thing that you're fighting is all tooled up, you, you're not going to give yourself a chance. You see, the issue is that many people think these things, that, that, that it's got all the power. Because the battle, the ba it's finished. The battle is here. It's here. It's how you see it. How is this thing? And what did Jesus actually really do? So listen, I want you to think. I want you to think about anything you're worried about, anything you're scared about, anything that you don't like to do because it feels a bit difficult for you. And I want you to remember, it has no power. It's all a lie. Those, those lies that say it's scary being in your bedroom. Those lies that say being on your own is difficult. Those lies that say being with tons of people is a bit too scary. It's all a lie. It has no power. Honestly. It has no power at all. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. It has no power. It's a facade. It's something that's built that the enemy built in your mind to be this big, huge thing that actually is nothing and has literally no power because it is finished. You see, Matt here, he represents oppression, he represents fears, things that scare you, things you're worried about, things you're battling with. But look how little he is. Look how little and cute he is. <laughs> is it remotely scary? No. Could it easily just be pushed over and destroyed? Yes, it could. Yes, it could. Could it be trampled on? <laughs> and stood on and kicked? Could you just stand on it and enjoy it? <laughs> just kneel up again. No, but I want you to see it. You've got to see it in your mind. You've not got to see it as in you've got to see it. This is, this is what you're battling with. It's not big. It's really not big. But if you see it as big, you'll go, oh, it's really big. And then you hear these lies and people tell you things about it. It's not big at all. It's little. But you have to see it as that. You have to see it as that. The truth is that... And the only... This voice. So the only weapon he has now is a voice. Okay? But John 8. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. His native language is lies. Everything that comes out of this voice, of this thing that you are fighting, the, 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 the things you're worried about, the things you're scared about, the bigger things, the battles, the only thing it can speak is lies. None of it's true. Not a single word of it is true. But the moment you agree with it and believe it, it then becomes your truth. So if, if Matt says something to me, like, oh, you're not worth anything, Adam. Just say it. And I go... I can either go, I think you might be right. Well, now it becomes my truth. But who did that? Me. I made it my truth. But it's not truth, but I made it my truth. But it started out as a lie. So the choice I've got is to fight it a little bit. You see, the many of the things we worry about, 
They are all lies. You realize every single one of your fears is a lie. It's true. Anchor were talking about it brilliantly last week. Every single one of them. Obviously, a couple of them that like, you know, I'm going to get burnt. Well, okay. But, but most of your internal fears. Your fears about who you are, what people think about you, where you're going to go, whether you're loved and cared for and precious and accepted. Those fears that you don't like crowds, or the dark scary, or being on your own scary, or going to school scary, or moving classes is scary, or going to somebody's house to play, they're all just built on untruths. And you remember, Jesus is with you the whole time. And I'm going to show you in a minute. Are you nearly ready, Nige? He's nearly ready. I'm going to show you what you're really like on the inside, because you are not unprotected. You are not unprotected at all. And you have tons of weapons, okay? I'm going to show you. But for many of us, it's like we looked at that thing that was difficult. And we saw it as this big thing, all tilled up, ready to kill us. But it's really not. It's really not. But the question is, what are you going to choose? How are you going to see it? Are you going to see it like this? Or are you going to see it a little bit differently? Because when Jesus died and you said yes to Jesus, when Jesus came to live on the inside of you, you had him, but you also got some other things as well. Nigel, you nearly ready? It's gone. It's gone home for a cup of tea, hasn't it? He's ready. Oh, he's ready. Excellent. See? All right. I really should have had Isla Tiger music for this, but never mind. Okay. This. You are not unprotected. This is what you look like. This is how Jesus sees you. All right, Nigel, come on. There we go. All right. <laughs> it's quite scary. <laughs> but listen. I want you to look at this and I want you to remember that on the inside this is what you like. No really, this is what you like. Because it says that you have a belt of truth buckled around your waist. It says you have a breastplate of righteousness. It says you have a helmet of salvation. It says you have slippers of peace. It says you have a sword of the spirit. Alright? No but really this is you. There should be many more people taking pictures of this. Alright? This is you. Because you, and this is you, and this is what you're facing. Do you see the transition? Do you get the idea? Okay? When you understand that you were built like this, this is you on the inside, and this is the thing that you were facing, you come to realize, actually, it's really not that scary at all, is it? I mean, who's going to be scared in this situation? <laughs> it ain't Nige. <laughs> and he's been trained. He knows what to do. He knows how to submit somebody. Oh, this could be fun. Oh. <laughs> Come on, I, I haven't really thought through this bit, to be honest. This is a bit making it up as I go along. <laughs> this is great. I'm so pleased I'm just watching. Okay. 
But listen, you've got to remember, this is the thing you fire. Yeah. Okay. This is the thing you fire. Yeah. Okay. This is the thing you're scared about, you're worried about. Okay. This is the person you're worried about talking to. This is the thing you're concerned about. It's small. It's little. And this is you in what Jesus has done for you. Because he disarmed all powers and authorities. He took all the power of it away. And then he gave you all this gear. Okay. Stand up, Matt. <laughs> what? If he runs at you, yeah. could you sum submit him? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You want to put that down? No, I need that. You need that? Okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Who remembers Punch and Judy? All right. So, I want you to run at him. Okay. And he's going to submit you, okay? And I'm just going to watch. <laughs> we, we have not rehearsed this at all, okay? So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 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 it's on YouTube. <laughs> okay. All right. I just need you to kneel, kneel, like lie down on the floor. So, where's the fight? It's up here. It's in how you see what God has done. What has the power? Where is the power? And where is Jesus in it all? And it says that you, you are a co-heir with Christ and live with him in the heavenlies. So you, you were not here, you were there. And according to 1 Corinthians 15, 27, everything is just come and put your foot on him, just generally. <laughs> it says everything is under Christ's feet. And according to Ephesians 1, 22, God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything. You see, the truth is, this is you. This is what you're facing. That's the truth. That's the truth of it. Whatever challenges you face, whatever oppression you are feeling, whatever you are scared of or worried about, it sits under Jesus' feet. And if you were a co-heir with him, it sits under your feet too. The problem is, most of us don't see it like that. We see it as this big, tooled up with an angry attack dog coming to get us. But this is the reality. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. That is wonderful. Now, I, I, I deliberately chose uh, Matt and Nigel because of the size difference. Because I wanted you to see the difference in it. I want you to see that whatever it is you are facing, it has very little power. All it can do can lie to you. That's all it can do. So, how, how then do we fight it? Because it does lie, doesn't it? We hear these things in our minds. So, but what... Can you remember, kids, on the, on the, uh, the armour of God, what's the weapon in it? Is there a weapon in it? Gone down, do you know? The shield and the sword. The sh good lad, shield and the sword, because you can fight with a shield. You can kind of whack people away with it. Good lad, well done. A shield is not just defensive, it's actually offensive as well. And what does a sword represent? Can you remember? It's a shield of what? Shield of God, Seth. Shield of faith, and a sword is the sword of the. Brian, do you know? Gone? Spirit? Yes. So it's a shield of faith. And it's a sword of the spirit, which is, it says, the word of God. Because the enemy only has a voice, but you also have a voice. And, and really, the battle, the battle is, hey, you know, you see it, but then the battle's in who's going to shout loudest. Yeah. 
That's the reality. It's just about who shouts loudest and about what you're shouting. So the enemy whispers to you, just actually, Matt, come here. This worry, this anxiety, this fear, whatever it is, just, just be there. Sorry, I need a drink. I'm getting thirsty. It whispers and speaks. So let's say it says, it's really scary when you're on your own in the dark. Okay, it whispers to you. It's really scary when you're on your own. It's really scary when I don't think anybody cares for me. I don't think anybody loves me. And these things get whispered to me. Well, again, I can either go, or I can go, no! <laughs> but you see, this is what, see, some of us understand this and we go, uh, I'm not right, Charles. Uh, maybe, you know what, uh, you might be wrong. No, listen, it's about volume. What did we say? Put John 8 up again, Josh. What do we say about these things? He speaks his native tongue, he is a liar and the father of lies. But you have a voice, according to Romans 10.10, 10, it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. This thing is about your voice. It's about declaring it. It's about speaking it. Because your voice has the word of the Spirit, it says. And we're going to go on and I think we're going to explore these things a bit more and we'll look at 2 Corinthians 10 and all that. Um, you can't see what's going on. But listen. You have to remember, though, whatever it is, whatever you were fearful of, just, can you just come up here again, Nate? Just be here and be here. You just kneel down there and you'll be there. Just stand next to him with your hand on his head. There we go. Okay. Some of you might want to get a picture of this. Feel free to come out and get a picture of it. Okay. Okay. You can get closer. Come on. You, some of you need to look at this every day. You need a picture of it and you need to look at it every day. Just come right close and get a good picture of it. I'll get out of the way. Because you, you need to put it somewhere. You need to see. You need to... You need to you need to label this with whatever it is you're fighting and label this with you. You need to Photoshop your face on here. I don't know. Do whatever you want with it. All right? You need to do something to just remind you of the reality. Oh, it's like a wedding, man, alive. It's taking forever. Yeah, excellent. Well, you've been amazing, kids. Well done. I'm praying this is dropping into each of you in a new way. Oh, this game warm. All right. Okay, thank you. That is brilliant. Has everybody got the pick? Okay, good. You could always get it as a still off the camera, I suppose. Um, okay. You were not made to be scared, to be anxious, to be oppressed, to be downhearted. You were not made for any of that. But as you speak and declare his goodness, because he's always looking to do good. Do you remember Jesus went around doing what? Good. Well done. He went around doing good. And he still goes around doing good, just in different ways. And as you start to see the fear or the worry as a small ball under your foot that it really is, then you understand in a new way it's really not scary anymore. It's just not scary. But you've got to choose to see it like I've shown you it. And I want to pray that we might see ourselves and our challenges in the right light, that we might actually see and walk 
in the reality of what Jesus meant when he said it was finished. And actually, this is what I want to do. Kids, you can do this too, okay? We're all going to do it together. I want you to just, everybody, just close your eyes. And anything, so kids, anything that you were worried about or scared about, anything that you're anxious about, anything that you think, think, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this, just, just think about it right now, because we're going to give it to Jesus. And everybody else, that thing that you're battling, that you're fighting, that thing that you can see, I want you to picture it in your mind as to how I've shown you. And Father, I am asking, Lord, first of all, I want to pray for these kids, Lord. I want to bless them in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank you, Father, that you want to work in their lives, Father, in ways they understand, Lord. You want to, you want to speak to them, Father. You want to show them that you are God and that you rule and you reign. So, Father, I ask those things that they're thinking about right now. I ask, Father, that you would touch them in the name of Jesus. And that, Father, by your spirit, Lord, they would be gone. Lord, those fears, those anxieties, Lord, I'm asking you would do miracles in their little lives, Father. And as they step out and thank you and declare your word, Father, they will see, Lord, you will work in the name of Jesus. And, Father, those things that the rest of us are lifting to you, Lord, we want to speak to them. We want to speak to them. And, and you know, the way you get out, I, I, I love Dan's picture, you know the way you get out of it, those ropes are hanging there. Most of us want somebody to climb down the rope and come and pick us up. But the rope is there so you can climb out of it. That's what it's there for. That, and and it's all, the ropes are all there. Everything's there that's needed. That was the picture. Everything that's needed for you to get out, it's all there. But you have to start seeing the hole is not as deep as it is. Because it's not really that deep. It just feels deep. It feels big. It feels dark. It's not actually that deep. And the love of God's all around us. Tina shared as well. But actually, you just have to go, okay, Father, I thank you for this hope. I thank you for this healing. I thank you for this restoration. I thank you for it. I come against the lies of the enemy. I'm not in a hopeless situation because you are my hope. And I choose to climb out of this thing in the name of Jesus. That's what you've got to do. But it starts by learning to see it as it really is. You were all tooled up and equipped to win every single day. Honestly. You are tooled up and equipped to win every single day for every single fight. But you have to see it as that. And learn to understand it as that. And then... In fact, let me just pray further. I just want to release courage into this house, Father. I want to release courage, Jesus. You know, every, every little person, every bigger person, Father, I release courage, Father. Just so aware, Lord, when, when Niger stood there in all that gear, Father, he still needs courage, Father. But he knows he's protected. He knows he's got his friends next to him. He knows how to do it. He knows that his friends will cover for him and help him. And Father, as, as people step out, Father, I'm asking for miracles, Lord. I'm asking for miracles as people step out, encourage, Lord, doing things that they feel are difficult, Lord. I, I just know that you are going to come in, Father. I just know that you are going to bring wonderful things in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. Anybody got any pictures or melodies and lyrics? All in the same word, that one. All right. They're going to come, I'm sure. Keep open for it. There's going to be a song that's going to come out of this time together that sees it, that just helps us to... It might just be a little chorus, but there's something that's going to come out of it that's going to help us remember it and battle on it. Okay. Kids, you're awesome. You're wonderful. I love you. Jesus is proud of you.
He's not upset at you in any way, shape or form. He just thinks you're ace. And he loves you a bit. Amen? Can't hear you kids. Amen? I want you, no. There we go. He's got you, all of you. And he's got good things for you. I'm assured of it. And we are going to have some fun together as, as we go forward in these next few weeks and months. We're going to have some fun together, worshipping together. And God is going to start speaking to you kids. And you are going to hear, see pictures. You're going to get words. You're going to be encouraged. I am praying. And we're all going to pray. God is going to start working. I'm going to teach you in these next few weeks how to listen to Jesus. And he's going to speak. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. All right. So if you are excited about it, you can ask him. You go, Jesus, I want that. I want to hear from him. I want to hear his voice. I'm really excited about what God's going to do throughout. I saw something in Paraguay that just got me. Talked for a long time at David Freeman about how he helped kids worship, and I'm excited about it. And some of it's singing fun songs, but more of it is just learning to listen to Jesus. Are we up for that? Kids, are we up for that? Good, because it's going to happen. It's going to, I know it's going to happen. It's exciting. It's exciting, honestly. I'm excited about it. Okay. I think we should sing it. It's done. It's finished. Before we go on. Shall we do that? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's stand. Let's just proclaim with a new understanding and a new reality of what it really means. Just give Nigel and Matt a big clap as well. I literally... I rang him... I rang him at three o'clock yesterday afternoon and went, uh, Nigel, <laughs> would you mind? <laughs> Bless him. Yeah, yeah, well, I thought I'd give him a bit of noise. <laughs> All right, let's sing this song together. Let's remind ourselves of the truth and the reality, okay? Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm.